Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Coming up, I'm joined by Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney from the Folds of Honor. Welcome the Golf Central Podcast brought to you by the new P770 from TaylorMade. Why practice a draw if you've got a fade? If you can hit it high, why master the stinger? Because the key to better golf is having options you can count on. That's why TaylorMade took everything they learned making P790, the forged face, the speed foam, and all its DNA, and put it into a smaller package. Introducing P770, let the sibling rivalry begin. Available at your local golf retailer or TaylorMadeGolf.com. Use promo code Golf Channel for free two-day shipping on any order. All right, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, there's a lot I want to cover, but I want to start with the first thing that stood out in your new book, Fly Into the Wind, Parasitic Drag. I never thought I would start anything, let alone a podcast, talking about parasitic drag, but the floor is open because I am fascinated by this concept. Yeah, so Chuck Yeager um, died last week, um, who was really the father of the term parasitic drag because on October 14th, 1947 was the first time anybody flew faster than the speed of sound. So he broke through the sound barrier. And in their previous attempts, um, they described it like running into a brick wall, uh, which is not really intuitive when you're flying a jet, right? Um, Number one, but they realized that the wing shape of the Bell X1 that they were flying had this additional drag that would not let it go through the speed of sound. And they termed it parasitic drag. So it was holding them back from breaking through. So how do we translate that, unpack that into our lives is, you know, this book flying to the wind. I say, you got to get very real with yourself and say, Hey, what are the things in my life that are holding me back from ascending to the place that I want to be? And this personal accountability that comes with, shedding parasitic drag, just like Chuck Yeager did to break the sound barrier. Same principle is, is in the book. You know, I, I lead with, I think the, the greatest parasitic drag, the, the thing that holds us down most is, you know, resentment, uh, not forgiving people in our lives. I mean, we've, we have all been wronged, right? Um, and, uh, you know, that's the first one. I love Gandhi's quote that I used in there is like, forgiveness is an attribute of the, of the strong, um, not the weak. And it's those kind of shifts, you know, in our perspective that I think can, you know, help people eliminate it. And, you know, for me, I mean, it was, you know, hey, too much alcohol, right? I mean, when you get honest with yourself, is, is this something that's moving me forward or holding me back? Um, it's, it can be too much social media. It could be 
toxic relationships in your life. When we, you look at stuff and it's like, is this adding or taking away? Is this helping me fly or keeping me on the ground? And the science that I love in the book, which is not my science, uh, by the way, but in the research I did was the key to long-term removal of parasitic drag is whatever you take away, you have to replace it with something. And so I, you know, a simple example for me. So the, I'm only going to have one beer now, not two and three beers in a night was, okay, I'm going to give myself a beer and then I'm going to take my dog Bravo on a walk. So I've replaced it with something that I enjoy that is a lasting thing because so much of it was, yeah, I was just bored, right? I'm trying to slow my brain down. I'm on the move all the time, but whatever it is that you want to get rid of in your life, the science behind that is you have to replace it with something. Uh, so I'll do a much better job of, of trying to be a, play a professional broadcaster here on the podcast. His friends call him Noonan. As a Marine, I'm going to go ahead and stick with Lieutenant Colonel because that's what we do. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, pleasure for you to be on the podcast. Uh, a lot of titles on your business card. You've got to be out of room right about now. Fighter pilot, philanthropist, folds of honor, which you founded, which we'll talk about. PJ of America professional, golf course developer, and, and now author. What? Is there anything you can't do? And this is speaking as someone who can really only do one thing in my life, and that's writing. So I'm curious, have you ran against, like, what would be your wall as far as, yep, that, that's not my, my cup of tea, can't do that. Is there anything that you can't do? Well, I would, I would ask you back a question, Rex, and say, why would you not do everything you're passionate about in your life, given that this is such a short journey? And I'll go back. So I learned this. So I'm 12 years old and I tell my dad, I want to be a golf pro and a fighter pilot. And his question to me was very interesting. He said, do you know which way an airplane takes off? And I'm 12 and I'm like, well, I think it's into the wind. He said, that's exactly right. So no other, you know, description required. Um, and for all of us, life is so short. It is such a gift. Don't limit you know, what you can do, man, it ain't no dress rehearsal. And I've, I've had that mentality since I was a 12 year old kid. And thank God I had awesome parents that were like, man, life is short, go do whatever your heart tells you to do. Um, and I'll not to go back into the book, but I'll tell you the key to doing this in your life is go before you're ready. And that's the last line of effort. And my favorite one in the book that I talk about that greatness is tied together with this defiant DNA of people that just go, right? Because you're not going to be able to get it all done if you're planning everything out and have it in perfect order. And um, this reckless faith that, you know, I love to live life with is, you know, a fighter pilot, I guess, is where that comes from. Um, but uh, I would just say, why, why wouldn't we not go do the things we're all passionate about? Because does well, it really does it really matter in the end? No, it, it does because what you're doing is very important, and, and I think again I, I want to go back to folds of honor, but I do want to touch on the book. And you jumped the gun on because that's the one thing that stood out. To go before you're ready, kind of hit home with me because I don't know how many times in my life I've taken a job or taken on a task that I felt wildly over my head that I was completely unqualified for this. Has that ever happened to you beyond sitting down to write this book? Yeah, all the time. And I, I, I love the, the analogy that, that I use in the book for me when I discovered this concept of go before you're ready. You go through a, your training as a fighter pilot, which is a, I talk about that in the book, which is 
you know, the most expensive training in the military, they spend about $8 million per pilot training us. The program's two and a half years long and only 4.8% of the people will successfully graduate uh, and be a fighter pilot. So by far the most expensive, highest attrition rate of any training in the military. And when you go to the F-16, um, you only get four rides with an instructor. And the, my fifth ride, I'm solo in a $45 million fighter jet that can go two times the speed of sound, go zero to 50,000 feet in under one minute going you know, straight up and accelerating the whole way there. And I'm looking at the cockpit and it's kind of a, you know, a surreal experience. I'm looking at my legs thinking, is this really me? Right. And I realized that I know, like, literally, I don't know what half of the buttons and switches do in the F-16. And they're like, you don't need to worry about that. You're not ready to kill anybody or support the Marines, the heroes like you on the ground. Um, you just need to learn how to fly. And so I'm like, well, if I don't go today, I wash out of the program and I'm part of the 95% that make it, don't make it through. So I went. And I came back and I've uh, had a couple bad landings, but I survived them. Uh, and I taxi in, I remember putting up the canopy in the F-16 and it's Phoenix. It's like 110 degrees out this afternoon. And it feels like this polar cold air is hitting me. And you realize, you know, how intense and how stressed out that moment was. But this gift of revelation for me was, dude, go before you're ready. And because um, I would have never gotten in that, F-16 by myself if I hadn't been forced um, and I had to do it and it's like man if you can do this why not um, and I love that concept and if there's one anthem in the book that keeps coming back to me when people read it and send me messages it's that I mean because it's life-changing and that's an actionable every single day that you can deploy now, when I read that, I was stunned. You really did not know what half the controls were, half the buttons. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I, no clue. I wasn't ready to go kinetic and kill people, and that's what half the controls are about. They just teach you. It's called the TR phase, um, but they just teach you to take off and land and, you know, do an instrument approach and what the emergencies are, all that stuff, but, you know, no weapons at that point. I've been lucky enough to to be at some of your speeches, whether it's at the Folds of Honor banquet or golf courses or tournaments or just you one-on-one -on -one with someone. So I've been inspired by you before in the past and it, it should have come as no surprise, but what made you decide to do this in the written form? Why, why this book, which is by your second book, by the way, well, but why this time, why a book? Well, I think it's a couple things. I remember what I, I really felt called and in, the, in this book, you know, I started with um, a, you know, a big period of struggle I had in my life. And it's, you know, it's interesting, this Instagram world we live in, Rex, everybody's winning, right? Everybody's happy. Everybody's family's great. We know that's not true. Um, but I wanted to start with um, a really challenging time in my life, because that is where this book was born out of. And it is a story written through humanity, so often that the brightest lights come from the darkest places. And if that's, you know, a current that runs through this book and um, I was able to, I was living in a world for about 10 years, right? That had all these external pressures um, and I had to find an intrinsic level of fulfillment and motivation that the world was not giving me just to the contrary, right? It was the beatings will continue until morale improves period of my life. And so I built this little insulary code of living that I talk about in the book, I call it CAVU, 
which is a very cool fighter pilot acronym. It stands for Ceiling Invisibility Unlimited. So those, you know, infinite blue skies that we love to fly fighter jets in. I was like, man, I want to create this little bubble uh, to help protect me from the pressures of, of that chapter of, of my life that the world was putting on me. And, you know, I was like, identified 10 things, lines of effort that I talk about in the book, LOEs, that I could do every day. And regardless of how I was able to find, you know, happiness or get out of the stressful situation, um, I could find fulfillment. And I knew I was right with God in my life on that day. And um, that is, you know, the book at, at its core is, you know, this code of living that I've engineered. And the crazy part of this is, is I've come out the backside of the storm and am in a really great place in, in my life is that I discovered that whether you're winning or you're losing, you should live every day the same. And it is, it, you know, we were always looking for that smooth air, right? I was just on an American Airlines flight coming back from flying fighters down in Florida a couple of days ago. And uh, guys like, oh, we're at 34,000 feet. We're gonna drop down to 31,000 feet. You know, that rhetoric coming from the captain looking for smooth air, um, but I'm, you know, I think living proof that you can find smooth air regardless of what's going on around you every day. And we invest way too much emotional energy in riding the roller coaster of the outcomes in the world that we have so little control over. Coolest humble brag ever. I just came from Florida while I was fighting, while I was flying fighter jets. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> My kids that call that a flex. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a serious flex. That's pretty good. Now, it, there was one story that, that I actually hadn't heard, and it seems more of a conduit than an epiphany in the context that you wrote it, but there was a near-fatal mistake, is how you put it, you made in your F-16 that started you kind of on this path. Yeah. When was that and what happened? Yeah, so my, and, and again, it's like nobody wants to share their worst moments in life, right? Everybody just wants to say, oh, look at all the things I've achieved. Um, I, you know, at this point, in, I'm 48. Um, I'm way more interested in what you've overcome. And so this moment as a, as a fighter pilot, I talk about in the book, um, I got back from my third tour of duty in Iraq and um, was, I mean, my spear was really sharp. Um, I was um, what they call a, a fast burner at that time. I'm not anymore. I'm just an old broken fighter pilot. But what translated is I had, a, I had a very bright future in the airplane and in, in leadership, and this would all come apart. Um, and I was taken off in the F-16, and the, the jet is a big computer, right? It's this massive engine. It's a big computer. And a typical airplane will have flaps on it that you'll raise. Now, the F-16, when you raise the gear, the computer brings the flaps up, and you have about a two-second window in which to take off, get the gear up before the uh, the flaps are oversped so it's a, a very short period of time but two seconds in the fighter pilot world is, is really long um, but anyway long story short I raised the gear early and the F-16 um, actually settled back down on the runway on top of a 370 gallon fuel tank and I mean you talk about just God's grace right I if if it is a quarter of a second more the whole thing blows up you know underneath me and we're probably not here or something else you know horrible happens and um i just 
just scrape the tank. And it was imperceptible to me flying the jet. I came back and landed when they put gas back in it. It was just dripping little bits of fuel. And then we went and pulled the tapes and I was like, yeah, this was a, this was a near fatal mistake. Um, and it, and it, in itself, it kind of ended up not being a big deal, but it was this ominous catalyst that kicked off the season of my life where everything was coming apart. And, uh, yeah, it sucked. And, uh, but as like I said, with, without these struggles, um, I never evolved to this point. And I, I love, that's why I love the title of the book, Fly Into the Wind. And because we always take off into the wind because we need resistance and challenge to ascend. And so that is the, you know, the power. And, you know, you look at really successful people in life, Rex, the people that you admire, and I would, argue that what they do better than anybody else is they navigate life when it's not going their way the most efficiently of anybody you know. As I was reading your book and, and I heard something the other day in a news report and it, it sort of hit me that it, this news report was saying essentially the same thing or to, the, to a degree the same thing that you were saying that 95% of what most people worry about are either things they can't control or things that really don't matter in the big picture. And it seems to me you've kind of found a way to live your life by that code. Yeah. And I, and I, and I would say that, and I was saying, whether you're winning or you're losing, I'm living every day the same way. And it, I mean, it's, it becomes a process driven life, not an outcome driven life, which will drive people crazy. Um, it's biblical. The Bible talks about it all the time. Um, all the spiritual energy and, and stress and everything that comes from all these what ifs, in, in life and not that you can completely eliminate those, but it goes back to what I talked about before, remove and replace. Um, this is a, a roadmap for people to build a resilient spirit and live a life based on fulfillment um, on, a, on a daily basis. When uh, about halfway through the pandemic, it was, let's call it June, and uh, I, this hit me one afternoon that I felt so sorry for your wife and your daughters because you are an admitted type A individual. And the idea of you having to sit still and not do anything, how did you endure however many months it is that you had to stay in your house probably for the first time in your life? Yeah, well, I, I, I just, I, I lived my code. And, you know, it's the exercise, my prayer time. Um, all of those things. And uh, it was, I mean, I think for all of us, the pandemic, you, and you also, you reconnect with what matters most. Um, but I, um, I loved it. I mean, settled in and I talk about that. I've got a little author's note at the beginning of the book because the book was supposed to come out in April. Pandemic hits, comes out a couple weeks ago. Um, and sometimes in the world, and, and I'm not, you know, demeaning all the death and destruction and economic turmoil at all, but we got to get sick in order to get well. And I think that COVID has offered that in a really powerful way. If you haven't slowed down and evaluated, man, where am I? Where do I want to go uh, during this time? And it's, you know, it's, I said, it's, the, I think God has slowed down the human race right? Because it's in a world that drives me crazy. Um, everybody's always on to the next thing. Everybody is always on to the next thing. And people will ask me, it was like, hey, 
you know, how, how did you build Folds of Honor, you know, over 13 years, or how do you write a book, or how do you fly a fighter jet? The last person in the room. And I've been the last person in the room for 13 years. And I'm, I'm so intentional about not rushing to the next thing and being present. And whether you're Kobe Bryant, you're the last person in the gym. Uh, you're, you know, Tiger Woods, the last guy on the driving range or Bryson's the last guy on the driving range, right? The, the people that stay the course and are intentional are gonna find a lot of success in life. I'm glad you brought up the folds of honor because I, I would be curious, and it's the foundation that you started to provide educational scholarships for the families of fallen military members. And uh, full disclosure, I'm a, I'm a very proud member of the organization and what you do. How has the last year changed that mission and made it more difficult or maybe more poignant? Yeah, it's it was, I mean, the, it was terrifying um, starting the, uh, the year. Well, not starting the year, but February, March, April. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, we, you know, like a lot of companies, but, you know, we, we um, laid off 30% of our workforce. Um, donations are way down. Uh, we're way down. But it's this, again, it's this evolution. It's like, man, the, the resistance, the sharpening of the spear during chaos and struggle has ultimately made us a much better organization. And, you know, thankfully, I mean, our donations are down this year, but not alarmingly so, which you understand people are like, hey, am I going to have a job next month? Do I want to give to a nonprofit? I, I totally get that. Um, but uh, it was a tremendous challenge. And I use the analogy with our team. We, how we raise money are galas and golf tournaments, you know, <laughs> and sports venues and concerts, and they went away overnight. And we're sitting there looking at each other. And it's like, hey, you know, what you do every day when it doesn't go your way is going to define you. And it's a, a perfect example for the folds. And our team is like, well, we got 6,000 people that need to go to school. We just can't sit around and throw our arms up in the, up in the air and be like, hey, we've been COVIDed. Um, you know, I hope God works this out. And we've developed, you know, completely new and different muscles that we never used before. Uh, efficient programs and the cool thing for folds and humanity as a whole. But in 2021, it's going to come back together with all the stuff that was working. Um, and I'm convinced it's, it's going to be a supernova moment for, uh, for folds and the impact that we get to have. Give me an idea when it comes to pressure points, you've been in situations and you've talked about a few of those situations where there has, has been an incredible amount of stress. I want you to compare that being in the cockpit of an F-16 to walking into Jack Nicholas's office and pitching the idea for American Dunes, which is a really, really cool concept. It's basically going back to where Folds of Honor started in Michigan. And you want Jack to redesign the golf course. So I'll just let you go from there. Yeah. And number one, Jack Nicholas is the only person I've ever met that makes me nervous. <laughs> only person. I play golf with presidents, you know, Hung out with Tiger, you know, all these tour guys that, you know, Jack may, makes me pause, right? And and so, yes, th this is oh, an awesome sorry, story. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's not warranted. Most kindest man on the planet, but you, you, you're intimidated because he's your idol. This is why you oh. spent your entire life looking up to this man. Right. He's my boyhood hero. And that is a setup for failure right there, <laughs> right? Your boyhood hero. He's on a pedestal. You're going to get let down. It's inevitable. 
um, not the case as I've gotten to know Jack and in, in what I call a level three relationship. Um, but you know, from from the darkest of places come the brightest of lights. This this is the human walk. You touched on it. It's our family golf course. We've had it for 20 years. You know, it is flaming out. Um, but the big concern is why we should save it is this is where Folds of Honor started and not make the easy decision to plow it up and turn it into real estate like so many golf courses in the country. And beyond my ability to save this place, I've tried for years. And so um, get a meeting with Mr. Nicholas at the Bears Club and I pitch him on the idea to reimagine the birthplace of Folds of Honor and call it American Dunes and give any profit that we make back to, to Folds. And uh, it was a three hour meeting and it was like, all right, I'm in and I'll waive my $3 million fee. You get your friends, I'll get my friends. And we, we open May, May 3rd to the public. It's a public golf course. Um, this place is going to be like a spaceship landing. I hope you'll come up for opening weekend, May 1st and May 2nd with Jack. Um, the golf is insane. I mean, it is so good. Sand dunes, big elevation on the, you know, on the shores of Lake Michigan. We're in the dunes. So you can't see the lake, um, but it is, it's just crazy good. And I'll leave you with one thing on that story. Brutal. We flew into the wind for two and a half years. I mean, it was every week, Rex, there is something horribly wrong that's going to prevent us from landing this airplane safely. Everything I do, I'm, I'm done following that blueprint in my life. I'm ready for a little more easy. Uh, but um, you know, just pray for a resilient spirit, not an easy life, anecdotally. But uh, when you come into American Dunes, the only way you enter is through the Folds of Honor Memorial. And um, it's a nine foot open air tunnel with these nine foot concrete walls as you come in and you'll literally walk in the boot prints of soldiers who have been killed in action <clears throat> and whose families are folds of honor recipients whose stories are told along the wall. And, you know, when you walk into a church, no one has to tell you to lower your voice. Um, the, the reverence of American Dunes will be like nothing the world of golf has ever seen. Um, if you are like you and I and believe in God and country and our military, um, it, this place is just going to be wildly special. It, it looks like it. I've seen some pictures and, and you put some stuff on social media. It looks like it's going to be a very special place. It, it, as we, I did want to, and, and I don't have a whole lot more time, but I thought about this about halfway through the pandemic. Why your connection with golf is why I would ask this. Why why did golf provide such a refuge during the quarantine for so many people? I mean, it seems like it was the one place where you could go that life felt normal. That's that was my take on it. But I'm curious what your take would be. Well, so number one, it's safe. But sure. I would say more importantly, spiritually, when a, when your golf ball is in motion, nothing else matters. It's the, it is the ultimate vessel to be present for all of us that play the game. When you're over the shot and that shot is in the air and that gift of taking you out of all the emotional strain and stress that we were under was the greatest 
gift the you know the game has given us in, in modern time and we saw it with participation rates and yeah. uh, it the the fellowship that we're all desperately needing when you know my group uh i play with three other fighter pilots and they're terrible and so we were never within six feet of each other <laughs> there's it's army golf right left and right and in the woods there was no danger um there but uh yeah um uh, i just you know, everything good in my life is connected to the game of golf, literally. And um, it's, uh, it's, you know, never been a bigger blessing than, than during COVID. All right. What name are you going to add to the business card in 2021? Like I said, I've gone through them, philanthropist, PGA professional, author. You, do you want to get into medicine? Is doctor something you're interested in? Like, what are we doing in 2020 to take that next step? Yeah, no, nothing. Just going to keep waking up and trying to be a vessel of impact for the good Lord. And uh, I'm telling you that 2021, as, as we wrap up here, Rex, it's going to be the greatest year humanity has ever seen. Um, it's it, it's going to take us, you know, till April or May, uh, maybe a little sooner than that. But this is going to be one of the greatest years humanity has ever seen. And it is a parallel to my book, Fly Into the Wind, the brightest of lights come from the darkest of places. And that perspective that we're all going to get to enjoy in 2021, and I hope people will just embrace it and, uh, and not forget the lessons that we learned in 2020, but go out there and be thankful um, for all the blessings in our lives that we get to get back to that were taken away from us. Optimism. I love that. After 2020, we need more of that. Flying to the Wind is available now. Lieutenant Colonel, it's always an honor. Rex, you know the only two words I like to hear from Marine. Here we go. Here we Cleared go. hot. <laughs> Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.